This is a good story. It's hard to find podcast where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lies below the surface. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you met any cat people? I don't think so, but you know, they hide it well. They do hide it well. How about you? Yeah. Uh, I think I've met some cat people. Ooh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> So the, yeah, the subject that in Utah, but okay, <laughs> that's right. This is episode one ninety one, and we're talking about Cat People, the nineteen forty two version, which is the oh, original yes. version, right? I forgot there was another version. There is another version in the eighties. We we won't speak of this again. That's right. <laughs> yes, there's there's no need for that. Yep, uh, that's right. But yeah, what a movie this was. This was this is a movie that has. Um, it, it hasn't left my head since I watched it. Really? Really. It's just in there. Good. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's got this quality that I can't quite explain or touch. It's like, um, it's just this very eerie quality to it. Um, kind of an ethereal thing. Hmm. Um, but, uh, it was fascinating. It is very yeah. atmospheric. Yes. There's a good word. And for me, it's atmospheric in an interesting way because at the time it was set in New York City, contemporary New York City. So it was the first movie to be a, horror, a classic horror movie because it's like a take on the vampire or werewolf story. Mm-hmm. A woman who's afraid because of her heritage, she will be turning into a cat and not a sweet cat a panther type killing cat. And, but it's set in 1942, New York city and all the other horror movies that were coming out. And there were a lot then were all set, you know, in Transylvania, in old, you know, older England where Dracula would be in castles. So this, they say is the first one to be set like that. And so some of that kind of rubs off on it. Because it's got a lot of really modern elements to it. Yeah, when you say that, I'm thinking, you know, Dracula is, you know, Transylvania, like you said. And um, the werewolf legend, is that that comes from Europe too, doesn't it? I think so. I think it's somebody who goes to Europe for whatever reason and gets bitten. Hmm. And then he's turning into, an, you know, an animal becoming less and less like himself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of an interesting, we're jumping way in early, but um, it's an interesting contrast to this, which is somebody who's exotic and from the old country, literally from Serbia, which would have been super exotic even back then. Hmm. And she is trying to keep from turning into what she's afraid she's destined to be because of her heritage. She's trying to be, stay the new woman, hmm. the person who's not like the people from home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition when you think about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's just interesting that, you know, Dracula and, and then the main character here, or yeah, the, the cat woman, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Irina, Irina, mm-hmm. um, are, you know, uh, Eastern European. That's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting. Well, and for me, watching it this time, I was so taken by Irina. She's so sweet and so kind of lonely and sad. Hmm. And she spends the whole movie fighting herself and trying to get other people to believe her and just wanting love and not to be lonely. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah it's a kind of a monster movie, but it's also kind of a, such a tragedy. Yeah, she's she's cut herself off. Yeah, cut herself off from everybody, and then and then she meets that guy, um, Oliver Reed, <laughs> who is so American. <laughs> Every time he orders something at a restaurant, well, it's just twice. He always has apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> he walks around with his coat over his shoulder, going, "Hey," he doesn't say "Hey, baby," because that wasn't the style, but he would if it had been. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. just very bluff and American, but he falls hard for Arena. 
So let me just tell the story really quickly yeah. is mm-hmm. Irena is a beautiful young woman who is sketching the Black Panther at the zoo. And she meets Oliver Reed, Ollie, who's this bluff American, as we said, and they hit it off. And she says, you know, I don't have any friends. You might be my first friend. I know people from work. She's a, a design, an artist of fashion and things like that. And they wind up getting married. And at the same time, he's he finds out because he's like, just one kiss, baby. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, not a kiss. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the people from my country or from my town were uh, liberated from the people who had taken them over, the Mamelukes, who had basically corrupted the village so much that when King John got there to liberate them, they were celebrating black masses and they were all witches and super evil. But if you got away... And she's from that village, and she's terribly afraid she has this heritage, which is that when you experience a deep passion, and it can be passion like arousal for, you know, sexual arousal, but it can also be anger, you turn into a Black Panther and start killing everybody. Hmm. So she's horribly afraid of that. And he's like, Are you, something's wrong with you. But I'll be patient. I'm a good guy. Why don't you go to a psychiatrist? And um, he also has an attractive, very American-style co-worker. I feel like Ginger Rogers is somebody you could imagine in the part, you mm, know, very sure. straightforward American. Uh, a good egg, as he calls her, Alice. And um, anyway, Irena gets very jealous of Alice. And the shrink is not really the greatest shrink in the world. And it just all goes the way you expect a monster movie to go. Mm-hmm. But the thing that kind of breaks this movie out is the artistry that's used in it, which was done for a couple of reasons. One is because this group was very artistic. And the second is that they were given almost no money to work with. (laughs) So they couldn't do special effects and things. So they had to be very imaginative and use shadows and suggestion and atmosphere to achieve a lot of the jumps and scares some really really good scenes but yeah i can't overemphasize the feeling of it um but i you know just from the very first scene where you know we see Irina standing outside a zoo cage where there is a panther mm-hmm. and she just stands there sketching and and throwing away her papers um that's where she met this guy oliver reed right but yeah it just felt weird you know it was just like well this is odd and then um, but that feeling just kept going, and then it, it became more when the shadows started to come. But it's just gorgeous to look at, um, and and the feeling it evokes. They were just so successful in uh, doing a lot with a little. Yeah, and it really seems like a perfect movie for fall. Mm, yeah, or coming up on Halloween, yeah, nice which October. I like. I say mm. I chose this because I was thinking we'd be in the beginning of October when mm. it aired, but. It doesn't really matter because it just with the shadows and the atmosphere that they set, it feels kind of not out and out horror-ish until I guess toward the end, but just kind of very fall feeling. Mm, Yeah. I think. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. Something I noticed since this is just my second time seeing it was when you say it just felt odd and they meet over the pieces of paper. She's crumpling them up and throwing them at a trash can that's kind of a little ways away, and she's not making it. And so he's picking them up, and it's their meet-cute moment. And then she has one she's crumpled up, and she kind of just throws it on the ground. And I'm like, "Eh, okay. Mm -hmm. And he picks it up, and he does a, you know, like a basketball hoop thing into it, and he turns around to look at her like, hey, she's looking at the panther. (laughs) <laughs> she hasn't even been looking at him. So he has to go around to the other side and go, so mm. can I walk you home? Would you like something to eat? Would you, you know, whatever it is he says to her. Yeah. So yeah. right there, they're already interested, but not even on the same page. Right. Yeah, that that was interesting. And, and another thing that I found interesting about that, that I connected later mm-hmm. um, was, you know, there's a scene where she shows up at the cage with a bird 
you know, the bird oh. that had died. Yes. And then she flings that into that cage like a pro. <laughs> it's like, you know, I thought, you know what? She would be making those papers into the basket, no problem. I never thought about that. You know? Because I was looking at the cage when she's going to throw that bird in there, and I thought, well, they've got wire up. Mm-hmm. So the bird can't stick it. Or I mean, the, the panther yeah. can't stick its paw out and get the keeper, I'm sure, in the little trench he's got to clean and feed wet using yeah. that. But also, so there's just a little gap at the bottom where you would slide a pan of food in there. Mm-hmm. She bounces it off that thing right Yeah, she right flings there. that thing right in there like it's no problem. Yeah. And, it, you know, if if that's, you know, if she really is like that dexterous or whatever, um it makes the the beginning seem like she had, you know, was trying to get his attention. Yeah, though. Yeah, may, and maybe so. I'd have to look yeah. at it again from that angle. Yeah, you know, who who knows? But yeah, but uh, it, it, yeah, she was pretty focused on that panther. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, she was fast, and she's fascinated by the panther and the big cats, but especially the panther. And so she lives very close to the zoo. And whenever you can't find her, you know, Ollie knows, well, let me go look. She likes to walk in the park and she's always there staring at that big cat. Mm. And the funny thing to me is because of her connection with big cats that she's afraid of, I kind of expected that the cat would feel a similar, a fellow feeling, be kind of Mm. friendly. Mm -hmm. And it is not happy. It doesn't like her. And, of course, you expect when she goes into the pet store and there's just pandemonium, (laughs) she has to step outside. They're like, okay, yeah, we get it. You're a huge cat in human form or you have the potential. Mm. But no animals really seem to like her. They all just sense there's something wrong. You're not an animal. You're not a person. What's going on here? There's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was interesting. You know, the guy is like, yeah, I think I'll buy her a cat for a present. (laughs) Here you go. He said she was, he said, well, now you have a friend. Because she said, I don't have any friends. Right, right. So he buys her a cat and crams it into a shoebox that it barely fits into. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It had air holes. Come on. It did have air holes. Oh, shoot. But yeah, oh, and he's like, oh, but she liked, uh, the cat liked my coworker just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She liked Alice. Mm-hmm. Alice? Who's Alice? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Big mistake. Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, anyway, I guess uh, we should say, was there anything else we should describe before we dive oh, in? Oh, no, let's dive more? in. Yeah. yeah let's so dive in. Go watch it. You can watch it on a surface level. And, and honestly, there are things to talk about. But like with most horror movies, I would say that um, it the value is it kind of opens up these questions to us. It's there just to be enjoyed on the surface also. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this isn't one of those that was deliberately designed, I think, going, I'll make them think. Mm, yeah. They, mm. they put a lot of stuff in there, but right. I think it's because it made a good story. And just to say, to admire the skill of the people who did it, the Val Lewin is known as being in, when you start learning about movies a little, he's known as a producer of horror movies. And he'd been a failed novelist. He'd been a journalist. He worked with David O. Selznick doing screenwriting and rewriting. Like they say, he was often uncredited. So they say that scene in gone with the wind where they pull back the crane shot and you see all the dying soldiers in Atlanta that he wrote that in there, but he got no credit for any of it, but mm. he learned a lot and he worked with the guy who wrote this movie. So he's the producer. This is the first movie he produced for RKO. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. yeah. And what they said was, here are your three rules. So let's see if I can remember them. You can only spend $150,000 per movie. You, it, they have to be 75 minutes long or shorter. So when mm. you watch this movie, you're welcome. Thank you, Val Lewin. <laughs> and they, you have to use the titles we give you. So they were only mm. giving him titles. They were not giving him any story ideas. Oh, wow. So his first movie, here you go, make the cat people. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> so you start to understand one of his other movies, and this is how I discovered him, is called I Walked with a Zombie. Oh, really? And somebody oh. had recommended it, maybe mm-hmm. Joseph at the Zombie Parents Guide. Um, and anyway, 
it's like Jane Eyre, but on a Caribbean island with a lot of zombies in really? a lot of ways. Wow. Yeah. It's, and you can just see him going, I was given this title. What do I do with this? <laughs> and so this movie, he brought in the guy who's credited writing it. He and Jacques Tournay, who's the cinematographer who went on to do Out of the Past, which is a wonderful noir film starring Robert Mitchum that we watched because we'd seen his connection to this movie. And it's amazing. But um, they would kind of all work on the story together. The main guy would write it and then Val Lewin would take it all home and rewrite it every night. Hmm. Wow. Wow. uh, And so just to get this trivia out of the way, because it's so amazing, I want you to hear it. But (laughs) so he spent $134,000 making this and he had to use leftover sets so, like, the swimming pool was left over from a Rogers and Astaire film. Oh, And wow. the big, wonderful apartment building she lives in was the set of the Magnificent Ambersons and that kind of thing. And it made $4 million. Oh, wow. In 1942. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. Big success. So, it's yeah. as if they made, spent $2 million today and they made $63 million. Wow. Holy and in fact, he was continuing to produce the movies that, you know, they're like, okay, do the next one. And it was in theater so long, they had to hold his other movies back until it was done with its, its, its successful run. And a lot of critics had panned it at the beginning. Clearly, that didn't matter. And it was in theater so long that some of them went back and watched it and re-reviewed it more favorably going, oh, there's all this stuff I didn't notice the first time. Holy smokes. Yeah. Wow. That's so neat. it saved RKO theaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it saved the studio who had spent all their money the year before in 1941 on Citizen Kane. Wow. Wow. Which made $500,000. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, that's cool. Oh, the irony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so, so neat. So that's kind of your history of what went into it and what came out of it. But, um, and I just kind of, for this movie, it is such a gem that that's why I went and looked all that stuff up because we watched it just saying, Oh, this guy did the body snatchers and I walked with the zombie and this Mm. is supposed to be his famous one. And Roger Ebert, it's one of his great movies. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'd read about it and went, Oh, what the heck? And we all came away going how we loved it. Hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, how cool. That's really yeah. great. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, just the list here. So he did a sequel, The Curse of the Cat People. <laughs> and I, I walked with a zombie and Leopard Man and Body Snatcher, <laughs> like you said. Yeah. One called The Seventh Victim. And, and on IMDb, they're all like seven stars out of ten. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. I have some fun fun for this Halloween. <laughs> Looks like I yeah. have an October project. It's exciting. <laughs> Well, it's funny, too, because we rented whenever I walked with a zombie because, as I say, of that recommendation went, well, that was pretty good. You know, it was just what it was, but entertaining and different. And it was one of those two movies on one disc because they're so short. And there was The Body Snatchers inspired by Robert Louis Stevenson. And so we watched it and went, oh, my gosh, why is no one talking about this movie? It was amazing. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend that one. Cool. Which I believe has Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff both playing regular people. Oh, nice. And I was going, oh, they could actually act as well <laughs> as being the set pieces that you think of them as, you yeah, know, yeah. with the stylized stuff. So, wow. <clears throat> Neat. Yeah. And that was RKO, so, you said, right? RKO. RKO, yeah. yeah. I know because I looked up last night. I was like, well, so if they made $4 million, how much was a movie ticket in 1942? It was $0.27. Oh, my gosh. So that means almost 2 million people during World War II went to see it and probably saw it more than once. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And you said there was a a lot of horror movies being produced at the time. That's interesting that that's what the country kind of wanted to watch. Yeah, maybe that escapism, you know. Yep, probably so. So, Irina. Yeah, (laughs) played by Simone Simon. 
I know. I loved her. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Was that her natural accent? Or mm-hmm. was she She's doing French. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was intriguing. Um, yeah, she fit the part really well. Um, yeah, yeah, she was exotic. She was exotic and setting herself apart. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. The the uh, yeah, I mean, the guy falls in love with her pretty quickly, and um, yet even you know as she says, you know, I can't kiss you, and here's why. And he's like, well, that's all right. <laughs> uh, let's get married anyway. Um, and then um, he said, yeah, I've tried to joke you out of this. And this is after they're married. Mm-hmm. You know, I've tried to joke you out of this, but um, I, I see that the problem now is that you really believe it. <laughs> so let's find you a psychiatrist. Yeah, so right? he never... And you can imagine, she's like, oh, here's the legend of my village, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I can never even kiss you. And he's, you know that he's thinking, well, I'll talk her out of it. Yeah, yeah. We'll be together, natural things, we're married. And she at one point says, well, and that's when they're going to, they're married and they're going to go into the apartment building. And she says, I want to be a wife to you in every way, but I can't. Mm. You know, she, and later she says, I want to be like other women. I just want to be happy with my family and my husband. But I can't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at the very end of the movie, he says she never lied. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, going, man, she was upfront all the way. She was just open and honest. Yeah, she was. She was, and yet, yeah, he said, "Oh, I love this other person." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Alice because this like, is hard. Really, is you this? Know? Oh, I know. Well, and he says at one point, right? I can't deal with this because I've never been unhappy when I was a kid. Everything was great when I was, and I was listening going, I had two thoughts. One is like, I find it hard to believe you were never unhappy. You won every baseball game, you whatever, you know, but I guess it's, it's just happy go lucky and didn't worry about stuff. And he said, that's why I don't know what to do about this. I've never been unhappy. Hmm. And it made me think of uh, something that we've talked about before, which is, the generation that we're watching now with, you know, called millennials where a lot of people were, everything was made too easy for them by their parents and the educators. And so they've never had to struggle. And so then they don't know how to deal with the smallest problems. Right. Right. And this isn't a small problem. This is a big problem, but still it's like, you know, (laughs) you want to, you want to stick with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he believed, you know, um, well, I guess that's a dangerous thing to believe in marriage in the first place. It's like, you know, I, I really love this person, but I know that I can change them. <laughs> so let's get married. And I know that after we're married, he'll be different or she'll be different. Um, that's not, yeah. that's not a very good, uh, way to proceed. Yeah. Um, wouldn't you want to sit down and talk that out a little bit? Yeah, but- you, absolutely. Absolutely. You would. I feel like even in 1942, there were men who would sit down and go, wait, wait, baby, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I'm married yeah. and I'm not going to get to kiss you. Are you, are we kidding? Yeah. What's happening here? Right. Yeah. Let's talk it out. Um, and it didn't look like they'd even hugged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't see that, did we? No. Yeah. I mean, the only time we see her with anybody like that is this sleazy psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make you get over it <laughs> with personal therapy. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want him hypnotizing me. <laughs> well, and then I was like, Alice, what were you doing recommending him when you say, oh, he's really good at kissing everybody's hands on this cruise. And I'm like, and this is who you recommend. I don't yeah. know if I trust your motives, young lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And she, that was, yeah. She's an interesting character too. You know, she loves Oliver Reed and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, confesses it at work, you know, after everything is, you know, after the marriage and everything, she could have said something earlier. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that was, that was interesting stuff. And, and, um, 
you know, so Irina is just trying, you know, it's kind of like the Hulk, I guess, a little bit, right? She doesn't want, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want yeah. to be disturbed. You know, any passions, positive or negative, will seems to want to trigger this is what right. her belief is. And, and, uh, yeah. And then the guy comes home and says, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and divorce you now. And we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor has finally said enough. So she's like, this is it. We can mm-hmm. be happy together. Yeah. Well, I wish you'd have told me that yesterday. <laughs> Where Alice said she loved me too. Yeah, that was brutal. I'm going the easy way. That was brutal. Well, yeah, yeah because really, um, what, you know, Ollie just taking the easy way out. And Alice, of course, to be fair, did wait until Ollie had been trying all these things. She recommended a doctor. And, um, you know, she didn't declare herself until he was just miserable and at his rope's end. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the best time to do that. But, you know, yeah. people are people. And, you mm-hmm. know, she wasn't, she wasn't trying to stop anything. She seemed to be trying to help it. And she was just saying she was crying because he was so unhappy. And mm-hmm. it made her unhappy. And that's when she confesses it. So, to otherwise uh, make her sound like a gold digger or, you know, a home wrecker is not really very fair. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But yeah. I have to admit, I like Irina so much better because <laughs> we're shown more from her. Yeah, yeah. And Irina, the whole time, as you say, she's kind of like the Hulk. She is fighting her battle by herself, even though she's sharing all this with Ollie, as you should, with somebody you love. No one believes her. Hmm. And I thought it was interesting that... She's talking about something that is not modern. She's talking about something that is spiritual. Hmm. Because remember, at one point, the psychiatrist says something. Oh, about, yeah. She says, oh, you're hmm. talking about my mind, but I'm talking about my soul or something like this. And he goes, oh, you're going to do something that no one's been able to do. Yeah, you're going to be able to tell the difference between them, you know. And I thought, but that's the point. She's struggling for redemption. No one even suggests a priest or mm-hmm. going to a Serbian anybody for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of fighting it out with modern methods. You go see a shrink. It's all in your mind. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? You know, it, it mm-hmm. sort of plays back into Dracula um, mm-hmm. a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. You remember there was that modern versus uh, old methods in Dracula right. all the way throughout Dracula. Um, but yeah, that's, that's fascinating take on that <clears throat> because yeah, I remember her saying that, you know, that, you know, she feels her problem is not in her mind. It's in her soul, but she didn't use that word. You know, she said it's elsewhere or something like that, mm-hmm. but he knew, well, he knew what she meant. Um, but yeah, he clearly wasn't a, a big proponent of that. Right. He's like, no, I've got this figured out, you know, um, and then, you know, gosh, that, that talk when he was telling her that she was insane, you're like one tiny step from yeah. the insane inside. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd I hate think to have it to was like, you know, at that time, you know, I think his motives were, I would like to do some personal therapy with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you should come back for sessions later. I'll yeah. have some drinks ready, some soft music. <laughs> That's right. And the lighting is That's already right. very low, so we're fine with that. Yeah, he's like, kiss me and let's see if I get, you know, mangled. Oh, I know. I'm willing to take it. And he was just waiting for that chance because at the end, you know, he hides his sword cane. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's that thing where you're just like, oh, you horrible man. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you're sorry. Although he fought back valiantly, I have to say. <laughs> I did not expect so much fighting, so oh, much man. sword stabbing in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And that was cool how they pulled that off too, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was some animation in this as well. I know that yeah. I didn't remember that before. That was kind of neat. When she's undergoing therapy. Yeah. Yep. And in her mind, you know, she can see this parade of black cats and, mm-hmm. you know, there's that. And then I imagine the, uh, the, uh, shadows on the walls were animated as well, depending on what the shadows were, you know? Oh, I just thought that they were, they were create creating them. I read something about the lighting. They had mm. all, they did the lighting in a really unusual way, where a lot of the lighting was coming from the floor. Mm. Okay. Up so yeah, I mean, like when a person walks by, but when we see kind of the image of a cat fighting the guy, I thought 
maybe that was oh. kind of animated, you know, yeah, occasionally. May- yeah, maybe yeah. so. I don't think I thought about how they did it, actually. Mm. I know they didn't have much money, but I'd forgotten the animation in the first place. I was thinking it looked, and of course you're seeing it for just two seconds, and yeah. it's fast yeah. and dark and light. And so I was thinking of, um, it, well, it's interesting, because like when they hold up the T-square, Mm-hmm. Very clearly, the silhouette of the two people, but across. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. that. The T on that square was not far enough down to be cross-like the way the image was that was being shown. Mm. But I just figured they were kind of holding something else, so that it was casting the shadow. Yeah, I don't know how they did it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But the another, use of shadows. Another moment I remember is during the uh, pool scene, oh. which is a great scene. Uh, but there was a, a point at which this shadow was kind of growing out of a, looked like it was growing out of the wall or out of another shadow. But that yeah. looked animated to me. You couldn't, oh, really? See, yeah. I just thought it was somebody who was like, they had kind of a cat silhouette, mm-hmm. maybe. But then it was kind of blobby. And then it kind of looked like it was turning into a woman's shape. And I just felt like somebody was kind of crouched down and then very slowly standing up. But mm. I have, you know, but I'm supposed to think that. <laughs> Yeah, because you know that's after that she's like I believe her it's for real. <laughs> yeah, going to the psychiatrist. So right, right. Yeah, and in fact that's that's one of the famous shots of the movie. Mm. There's two scenes that are always mentioned about this movie, and one of them is the scene in the pool where Alice has gone down for a swim in what looks like one of the creepiest pools I've ever seen. I mean, it's a little dark. <laughs> Or she's the lights out and a kitten has followed her. <laughs> so she's getting ready to get out of the pool or she's out of the pool and um, going to go upstairs and there's some noise, like almost like a growl or something. And then the cat, the little kitten goes, ooh, hisses and runs away. And she's like, well, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And she's already had an experience, which is the other famous scene with in the park with the footsteps behind her. And so she kind of, she goes and dives into the middle of the pool which I thought was a clever move. Mm-hmm. And um, she's treading water looking all around her. And you know how those weird shadows from water mm. work. So it yeah, makes it really yeah. eerie looking at those on the wall and the ceiling. And then um, you don't know exactly what's going on, but she's got a great scream. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And there's, yeah. So you can't tell if she actually saw her turning from a cat into a person or if it was just all kind of in the dark. But when people hear her screaming, they come running downstairs, and there's Arena going, oh, I'm sorry, did I scare you? <laughs> and uh, going to help her out of the pool, and she's like, oh, no, thanks, I'll get out. I'll <laughs> don't, please don't yeah. pull me out of the pool. Oh, man, yeah. And I was just looking for my husband. Have you seen him? Yeah. And she says, uh, he was, where, where did she say? Oh, I think he must be at your place. Right, because yeah, we, we left there, and she's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna go look there." <laughs> yeah, but it was it was really chilling. It was really good. I mean, yeah, yeah really, really something. Yeah, by then she's mm-hmm. given up fighting. Mm-hmm. She's given in. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a, a great, great scene. Yeah, um, and her because <laughs> oh, and she's all shaken up, and the receptionist from upstairs. She says, oh, can you hand me my robe? And she's like, oh, honey, <laughs> it's all shredded. <laughs> That's when she goes straight to the shrink. I believe her. Look what happened to my robe. <laughs> it's like, well, I have an appointment at three that you mm-hmm. can have. You're quite attractive also. Why don't you come back? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. That guy. Yeah. 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 He got his comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That, that's, that's one of those things, um, you know, when you talk about Stephen King, you know, like in his books, it, it's often, you know, he's, the people that get it, you know, especially early on in the book are people that have this questionable, uh, questionable morality, <laughs> not, not unlike <laughs> Dr. Judd. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you're not a sad lot of people to would say, movie. yeah, good, good riddance. Yeah, he deserves character. it. Yeah, he totally deserves it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so then, so that scene is all done with shadows and suggestion, mm, and yeah. then a bit of chilling dialogue and acting right afterwards. And then the other really famous scene is they've um, Alice and Ollie have met just because 
circumstances, really, at a restaurant late at night, and they're partying, and she's so I'm going to walk home. I'll walk uh, home to the park. Yeah. I'm a big girl. Yeah. And her and Irena's been out looking for her husband, and she's seen them through the window, and she's like, "Oh, really? This is. I thought you said you were going to work, honey." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we see Alice walking home through the park. And of course it's eerily lit. There's a stone wall and, and bridges overhangs that she's having to go under and just every so often, you know, the classic lighting from the street lamp. And so she's going in and out of dark areas and we're hearing the clicking of heels and mm-hmm. we see, um, Arena go in after her or follow her. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon she's, Alice is realizing, wait, I think I hear footsteps. And when she stops, they stop. And she's like, wait, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> Walking faster and getting more freaked out. We're all getting more freaked out and we don't see Arena anymore. And then just when the tension is really high, there's this horrible growl and it turns out it's a bus's air brakes. Hmm. Yeah. So it's a great jump scene. Really good. And it was, in fact, just more trivia. It That was so famous. That's the first time that had really been done where you jump because the noise is what you expect the horrible thing to be, but it's something innocent. Uh, and for years before they called it a jump scene, they called it a Lewin bus. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's Oh, that was cool. a Lewin bus. <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes. Wow. Because they got me again. I knew it was coming and I still jumped. <laughs> Wow, that's something. That's something. And she gets on the bus, and the guy says, "You look like you saw a ghost." And she goes, "Did you see it?" <laughs> and behind her, we see the bushes rustling. You're just like, "Oh man, you were this far away from a panther mauling." Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's all done with suggestion and shadows and sounds, and because he, the people making the movie, you know that you know making the audience expect things is just as important. As showing them everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, that, that's sort of something that um, M. Night Shyamalan has rediscovered, don't you think? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things that, that he does. And, um, you know, people have been getting, you know, a lot more graphic in the horror films and things, but he's he's more this than that. Right. Yeah. Which I like better, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's more interesting. Mm-hmm. It allows you to engage with the movie and kind of make it your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're filling a lot of that stuff in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because a lot of the stuff that happens, you don't really know until toward the end when um, the sheep have been killed. Because after, that's it, after she gets on the bus and goes away, there's this commotion at the zoo, and the zookeeper runs out because it's night, and there's a pen full of sheep, and mm. there's four dead sheep lying there. And he's holding up the flashlight, and you can see big, like, big cat paws, like panther paws, and he goes away to call the police, but as you're, as the camera still keeps following the footsteps... And it's just muddy imprints on a sidewalk, and they gradually turn from paw prints into high heel shoe imprints, Hmm. which was intriguing. So her shoes just become part of her. She doesn't lose her clothes or anything. It's an elegant solution. Yeah, yeah. But it's that thing of, um, for one thing, not worrying about the mechanics. But the other thing, of that's the first indication we've really got that this is for real and not in her head. Hmm. Because even when she's scaring the bird, you know, she wants to hold the bird, which I don't get that, but (laughs) she wants to hold the bird and it's just showing her face and you can hear the fluttering in her hand and she's trying to grab, you can see her hands trying to grab at it. And the look on her face is like a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Playing with something. Yeah. That was really well done too. Yeah. 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 And she kills the bird and she's instantly sorry and fully human looking and then she takes it and gives it to the panther. But you don't know if that's just her mind doing it, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know until until later when it's real. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you think that, you know, that's that amb- ambiguity. You know, you don't know. You don't know what's real and what's not until things really start to happen. Well, and it's so yeah. planted in the modern world. I mean, 
she's a lonely person in a big city. She's an immigrant. She's different. She's very exotic. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any friends. And she doesn't necessarily not have friends because, you know, I'm keeping away because I could become a panther. She just, you get the idea. It's just that urban loneliness. She's having to have psychotherapy because, you know, something's wrong with you. She's, her husband's ta- interested in another woman talking about divorcing her. And, of course, that's driven by her her worries and about what I could turn into. But this is all really modern stuff. Mm. This is stuff like you would see in a detective novel or something, you know, from a different point of view. Yeah, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. it's that setting of she really doesn't fit in in any way. Right. Yeah. You know, and the, and the yeah that setting apart thing was an interesting aspect of it because she set herself apart you know, thinking that she needed to, you know, I can't possibly be accepted type of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but people were willing to accept her and help her, you know, mm-hmm. and even, you know, even though she was being honest the whole time, like we said, mm-hmm. but they still, they didn't believe her, <laughs> you know, so well, when we see her being accepted when they, they're having their wedding party. Yeah. Yeah. In the Serbian restaurant that Alice found. Mm hmm them and then and of course it's all ruined by that woman who looks like a cat yeah right coming up and saying my sister my sister Mm. like are you my sister (laughs) no no i'm not not your sister (laughs) yeah yeah she's like this is who you are i see who you are Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah Yeah, i mean these are all things that are you know in our psyche right that yeah 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 Definitely a part of everybody who feels like, you know, they can't be accepted by other people. And then uh, a fear of being found out, you know. Um, yeah. You know, this, you know, uh, that's, that ties into sin and confession and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but this setting apart, you know, if because, you know, everything that she was telling you was true, you know, this turns out not to be so, but the thoughts that I was having if she was just not, you know, if, if it wasn't true, um, you know, you have those impressions that, you know, she needs a community, you know, and we've talked about that, yeah. but the, you know, the, you know, when you're alone and, and you have these negative thoughts and the negative thoughts can keep going, um, you oh, know, yeah. until you talk about them. Well, and it made me think about original sin. Hmm. Yeah, you know? so she's suffering for the sins of uh, past people. Yeah, because yeah. it's not fair to think of it. She's kind of conveying it as it's an original sin thing because her ancestors did this. She's also got this curse passed on to her. Mm-hmm. But she's not given any way to escape the curse. The The way the story is told is that, you know, you just have to exclude yourself from the community. Right. And as I say, they never did kind of look into, you know, what what would a priest say? What would a Serbian wise man say? Whoever you want to go to. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know who, you know, King John the Great Hero, who's, you know, the cat on the sword. Lovely Mm -hmm. little statue there. Yeah. Which is how she winds up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got the sword through her. Mm -hmm. So they don't miss a trick. But I did think, you know, at least we're given a way out. She's admitting, she is fully admitting, here's what I think is wrong. I don't think I, you know, she didn't do anything bad. It's who she was born as. Mm-hmm. But, and people are trying to help, but they're trying to help in completely inadequate ways because they don't really believe her or listen to her or know who she is. Of course, I'm taking that way beyond a monster movie. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I was thinking, uh, if since we're talking about this for a Catholic podcast, <laughs> it's like you say, it's, thank goodness we have all these tools at our disposal and people to help in terms of, you know, finding our way spiritually. And, you know, and of course, big picture, we don't have to take that burden on. We have Jesus who did Mm. it for us already. Right. We just have to kind of like arena. (laughs) If she'd have had somebody to help her out, you have to learn to live with it every day. Mm. How do you be the person you want to be? You should be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then she turns out to be the real cat. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't wrong. No, she wasn't wrong at all. 
Also, did you notice, so since this movie, and I don't think they were consciously flipping things like going, oh, and let's do this, let's do that. They might have been. But, you know, we're talking about how it's so contemporary. I don't know if you noticed when Alice is at one point, they're at that restaurant and Alice, I, I think Ollie just says something like, oh, you're such a good egg. Thanks so much for helping and all this stuff. And she stands up and says, I'm the other type of new woman or I'm the new type of other woman. Hmm. So usually in a marriage, you know, the classic marriage scenario is the other woman is it's not the average little wife at home. That's who you're escaping from. You're going with somebody exotic, right? The nightclub mm. dancer, or the, you know, the bad woman, whatever. Well, this is the opposite. He's married to the exotic woman. Mm. She's the wholesome American woman who's, I'm the new type of other woman. Mm. You know, the co-worker, the good egg, the well, mm-hmm. all-American. Mm-hmm. And she kind of is, you know, because if she hadn't said, I'm in love with you. <laughs> he might have still gone on struggling. And when um, Irena said, I'm ready to try, though, it would have been fatal. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd have gone along with it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting statement. I'm the new type of other woman. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, it's funny that at the very beginning, there's this statement from a book by Dr. Lewis Judd. So we find out he's the sleazy psychiatrist at Ron. <laughs> it says, even as fog continues to lie in the valley, so does ancient sin cling to the low places, the depressions in the world consciousness. Which is really opposite from any way that he acted in this movie. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. He was the fog. <laughs> <laughs> he was the fog clinging to the low places. Yep. Wow. Oh, yeah. I know something. This I was like, how clueless can a man be? Of course, he's pretty clueless. Mm-hmm. But, and this is, goes back to Alice being a little too intrusive, you know, when Alice is like, so how was your session with Dr. Judd? And her is like, what? You told her? And he's like, oh, she's where I got the suggestion. And she says, Oliver, how can you discuss such things, such intimate things about me? How much did you tell her? And Ollie says, oh, you can tell Alice anything. She's such a good egg. She can understand anything. (laughs) And Irena says, there are some things a woman doesn't want other women to understand. And I'm just like, holy moly, you went and told her all about the no sex life thing? (laughs) And she thinks she'd be a cad? And you think this is all okay? Oh, wow. Yeah. What a dummy. Yeah. Not I don't want to say he move. Des- yep. Yeah, I don't want to say he deserves a good slashing, but you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Something. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was clueless. Yeah, very. Yeah. And not uh, not a person that sticks with stuff either. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. He, yeah, he was really incredibly shallow. Mm. Yep, super. Mm-hmm. And mm. maybe poor Irena, maybe the fact that she was so lonely that she just fell into his arms because, you know, he's a nice guy, good looking and all this stuff. Ernest seemed to love her and she said she loved him because yeah. who else had she been around even? Yeah, that's right. They didn't take the time to get to know each other at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and they weren't they weren't a good match anyway. No. Yeah. But they could have been okay. Yeah. Except for the Panther thing. <laughs> I feel like the being well, fully husband that. and wife is very there important is in this situation. <laughs> Everyone's much happier, especially <laughs> Ollie. Uh <laughs> when you can't even get a kiss, that's that's hard. Yeah. I also want to say um, I loved the scene where they're together in the office at night, Alice and Ollie, because they're like, oh, we've missed so much work today because of all this other stuff. Let's just go work till midnight. Why not? <laughs> and um, they discover they've been locked in and Arena's there with them. And the mm-hmm. work of genius, you know, he picks up the T-square and holds it out like a cross. Yeah. yeah. And that's where you see the shadows on the wall yeah. of, behind them. 
of it looks like he's and he says in the name of god arena leave us alone or go away or whatever it is yeah that's right yeah and she does yeah and she does that's right so that's yeah. the only time religion is really invoked ever hmm. so of course what do you do you leave the t-square behind <laughs> you don't want to take it with you've you. got to bring the t-square <laughs> that's right a huge cross <laughs> it has yeah. So, have you seen Curse of the Cat People? No. Okay. Because I think I need to watch that. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. I just didn't even think to watch it. And then Irena Simone Simon is in it again as a ghost, mm-hmm. I think. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I noticed that Kent Smith and Jane Randolph are also in it. Yes. So, they, the same three they... people are in it. Yeah, well, you know, that's a good point. I should see if the library has that. Yeah. Do you have a library that would have this? Because that is amazing. It had the cat people. That's really great. <laughs> no, Our for library. me, I, I go to Amazon for these things. and don't Aww. have a library that has it or anything like that. Oh. No, you just go it and you has, rent I it. I walked with a zombie and the body yeah. snatchers oh, and wow. the cat people and the curse of the cat people. It has Sweet. a lot of stuff like that. I uh-huh. think because a lot of them are Criterion Collection. Oh, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. But our library is like the best video store in the world. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's terrific. Request it. It shows up. You can rent it for a week. And mm-hmm. if it's not requested by anyone else, they'll just automatically keep renewing it for 99 times. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Very handy <laughs> for me. Yeah. For a long time there, I was going to the Salt Lake City Library because we were going to Salt Lake, you know, often mm-hmm. for uh, school for my daughter. Uh, a class he was taking mm-hmm. um, so I'd hang out there and uh, but yeah they that library is very well stocked okay wouldn't so surprise me at yeah. all if it had this but that's an hour and a half away that's a long way to go yeah, it's a me. long way yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah and I'm right in the middle of Dallas so yeah. my library is five minutes away that is so that. fantastic love it yeah it's yeah. handy cool so. cool cool Okay. Well, Anything else? I think I talked an awful lot. <laughs> what about you? No, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, again, it was this this whole mood of it, and it it does just stick with me. Um, hmm. But yeah, but those those kinds of things that I mentioned is the kind of stuff that I was thinking about. You know, her loneliness, and um, you know the the fact that it was that she was really going through this. I really loved you know that he said, "Yo, she told us the truth the entire time." And, you know, if he had known that, would it, anything have been different? You know, if he had accepted yeah. it, what would have changed? That was something that I thought about a little bit. That's a good point. Yeah. So, um, but, and then, and then uh, we talked about just how everything looked and how it felt is, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of movies that have made me feel like this one did. Um, oh, really? there, there was just this sense of really eerie. Um, uh, you know, foreboding, you know, and the, and the loneliness I felt, you know, it, it was all there and, uh, in how they shot it and how it looked and everything, you know, mm-hmm. black and white movie, tons of shadows and what they were able to do with that. Um, just was super effective. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, the scene where she's playing with the bird, you know, I was thinking she was going to eat it. <laughs> You know, that, that's what I was feeling. That's the tension I felt. Um, yeah. Because she was so good. You're right. She was just acting like a cat. And she's just tapping it or swinging at it, you know. Uh, and then, you know, it just <laughs> passes out for fear or, you know, dies or hits it head. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what. But anyway, it it gave up. <laughs> and it's all yeah. done from watching her face. Right. And you're you know, just seeing her face. You're not seeing the, the bird fly around. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to eat that thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what my cats would do. Well, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I have to say, she walks into the pet shop, everything goes nuts. She steps mm-hmm. outside, it's all fine. And he gets her a bird. And I'm thinking, why do you think a bird's going to be different than a kitten? Mm-hmm. Of course, he's not accepting, he's not thinking about the fact that, you know, nothing <laughs> likes her. So, <laughs> yeah, he's not thinking rationally in any way. At that point. And even 
Yeah, and he's not really even paying attention to the old lady at the pet shop who says, oh, cats always know if there's something wrong with someone. Mm, yeah. I don't find that to be the case, but, you know, <laughs> for the movie's world, why not? Right, right. Yeah. Cats are supposed to be mysterious and wise. Okay, like an <laughs> owl. <laughs> like an owl. <laughs> yeah. Something, yeah. I don't know. My, my cats are not mysterious nor wise. <laughs> goodness (laughs) you're like yeah feed me Mm -hmm. go away now (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to play with this toy (laughs) or bird oh shoot something like that yeah you bet uh but yeah but no this is i'm really looking forward to watching the other stuff um that these people have done Mm -hmm. Um, but you're saying it's really so we've hardly even i don't even know if we have mentioned the director jacques tournay oh yeah um so i don't know if he's a director that um this producer used over and over but the producer is val luton like you said right and um but this little collection of movies is one i haven't come across i haven't seen so yeah i walked with a zombie the leopard man this is what comes up on imdb uh the body snatcher there's one called the seventh victim that -hmm. are all made there in the 40s by this same group um not always the same actors but um it seems to be the same you know uh production team yeah and after Eventually, it says he was promoted to the A-list at RKO, so that's when he got to do Out of the Past, which is not one that you hear about the way you hear about other certain noir film like mm. Sunset Boulevard or whatever, but it is it is very impressive. We watched it last year, I think, and because of Jacques Tournay, just to see, and it was amazing. And um, Berlin Express, which I haven't seen, and then he did Freelance. And I hadn't heard of the other movies that they list, but oh, that's neat. With Vincent Price at the end, it says so. That's cool. You know, uh, I'm just looking at the Body Snatcher. Body Snatcher is actually directed by Robert Wise. Yeah. Yeah, Val Luton yeah. produced, like you yeah, said. Yeah, he gave Robert Wise his start. That's amazing. Say. Yeah, how cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got all this to look forward to. It's going to be fun. And they're all like 75 minutes, like you said. It's got to be under 75 minutes. <laughs> so it's just, I like that. Yeah. It just it makes it uh, snappy. Right, right. Yeah. It's like a novella. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just get to the point and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I might have gotten uh, Val Luton's name wrong a lot when I was talking about it earlier. I think I kept calling him Lewin, but we oh. all knew who I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, this is great. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I a like nice show movie, everybody. You can go look for it and watch <laughs> it soon. Yeah, and it is on Amazon. You can rent it. Oh, okay, it's like good. two bucks or something. Yeah, good. Yep. Yep, that's how I watch it. All right, so coming up next, we have The October Country mm-hmm. by Ray Bradbury. Yes. <laughs> and that will be in October. Yes. And uh, yeah, I love the jump start on October. By the way, thumbs up for me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's still eighty something degrees here, though, which is not normal. <laughs> I can't imagine what it is in Dallas, but well, actually, it's been in the low eighties to you know to high low ninety. I mean, oh. high eighties to low nineties, and it's been unusually gray and drizzly for the last few days. So this movie fit right into the feeling of fall has begun. Oh, that's great. I found myself a couple nights ago, the first bit of cool air came through and I was like, where are some of those ghost story collections on my Kindle? I was reading ghost stories and it was just something comforting about it, which I is odd, but it is how it is. Yeah. When I walk the dog in the mornings, I can start feeling that crisp, cool, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're starting to see some signs of fall, but it still is really warm here. Um, yeah, 86 degrees, things like that. Yeah, it would usually be warmer here, but I'm Mm -hmm. enjoying having uh, a bit cooler. Good. (laughs) And I will say about the October country, I remember reading that when I was in high school Mm. and I kind of looked at one of my used to be favorite stories 
You know, mm-hmm. the difference between how you read a horror story in high school and how you read it when you're an adult is very different sometimes. And mm-hmm. I was so creeped out by it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was it. like, oh, I don't like this at all. <laughs> Which story about the was baby. it? Which one? The baby. The baby. All right. Cool. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, I, I'll get to it pretty quickly. Oh, you will. <laughs> You'll know it when you see it. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, I'm looking Wonderful. forward to it. Me too. Yeah. Cool. Well, okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yep. See ya, see ya. Bye-bye. Bye.